Hey guys, it's Anthony. Just wanted to tell you about our friends real quick at Baseballism. Baseballism is a lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime, specializing in premium apparel and glove leather accessories for men, women, and children. Visit Baseballism.com and use coupon code AASports for a 15% discount on your next order. Not ready to order today? Follow Baseballism on Instagram to stay connected. Baseballism is America's brand. Welcome to the ANA Podcast, Sports Talk, with your hosts, Anthony Cortez and Alex Ashley. Yay, sports! What's going on, guys? What's going on, brother? Oh, nothing much. I'm just back. Yeah, you are. And in black, too. <laughs> and in black. Not ironically. Checking and wrecking. Let's begin. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? This is Anthony and Alex, brought to you by... Uh, Hanging Oak Studio. Oh, we're plugging Hanging Oak too. Fuck yeah. yeah, Anthony's in his baseballism mode. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it every single second. Yeah, Hanging Oak Studios. You need a podcast recorded? Hit me up at Hanging Oak Studios on Instagram uh, at Rocco Street on Instagram. I'll record you. Record for, the shit out of you. I'll record the shit out of you for very yeah. cheap. <laughs> if you'd like to reach out to the ANA podcast. Reach out to, uh, what is it again? Double A Sports Show? Yeah. Double A Sports yeah, Show. Fuck no. <laughs> Somebody else is here to read it now. Double A Sports Show at gmail.com. Double is spelled out D O U B L E A Sports Show at gmail.com. Dun, dun, dun. Very nice, dude. Yeah. What are we talking about today? What else we got to go? Lots of stuff. Lots, Lots of stuff, stuff, dude. We got Lots of stuff. We got a good interview coming up. If you're uh, if you're only here for Preston with the AFC, we got a good interview coming up with him. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> No, but it's going to be a pretty exciting interview. I'm really, I'm really excited for that one. Stay tuned for that. We are in our sports. We are in all sports podcast. We get together every week to talk about good and bad and ugly in sports. Today highlights: Kyler Murray, man. Yeah, more. Yeah, Kyler Murray decides to officially pick NFL over MLB. I think it was uh, like official, official, but he made it official. So, right. Yeah, he so. started posting it on his socials. Yeah, he was like, and was am- coming out to the media. I think he said something along the lines of, like, I'm dedicated to the NFL and yeah. my career as a football player now. He's already started working out and everything. Yeah. Are you familiar with with him, dude? No, I don't know this story. What's going on? So, Kyler Murray is, uh, was OU's quarterback, Oklahoma's quarterback. Okay. Um, excellent talent. Excellent talent. Extraordinary. I mean, he... Stud. Yeah. I mean, he's... he. Uh, what? He, I think he was runner-up for the Heisman this year. He won Heisman. Oh, did he? Oh, okay. Oh, no, I know. I'm just talking shit. I just hate Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we talked to him. Like, I know. Talk- no, I know. So, but he's an extraordinary talent. He's a little bit shorter. I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", in spikes. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, he has a cannon of an arm, and he's quick, and he has really good. He has a really good football IQ. He, like, understands the game really well. Right. Um, especially, you know, in that Oklahoma offense, you got to, you know, be a little bit smarter than the average OU student. Uh, to actually fully run, because uh, Riley, Coach Riley, he 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 put in a pretty, pretty diverse and pretty dynamic offense out there. So I mean, he almost they almost beat Bama. Like they, it was one of those things where in the college football playoffs this year, that was one of the better games Bama and OU. It was actually a challenge. Yeah, yeah. But he's just he's an extraordinary talent at the quarterback position. He's kind of small. He's Russell Wilson esque. Mm-hmm. If Russell Wilson lost like seventy pounds, right? So. But he's also a stud that he could gone. He plays baseball too. Oh yeah, correct. And, and Ar- he's gone. arguably better at baseball too. Wow. He was drafted first round by the Oakland A's for center field. Holy crap! Yeah. He, he told the A's, "If you want me, pay me fifteen million. Yeah. 
Right. Guaranteed. Boom. Guaranteed. Uh-huh. Fifteen million. That's if you want me. And still pick the NFL. Still yeah. pick the NFL. Well, because they wouldn't give it to him. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? And if you think about it, I mean, you're going to make that guaranteed money in the NFL in the first year. This would have been his fifteen million dollar contract. He can make fifteen mil for the next four years, mm-hmm. and then go play baseball if he wanted to. I thought he loved baseball more. That just that I don't know. That's what maybe I, he'll do both. I was like, but sometimes it's not so much the case of what do you love more. It's what is going to pay you better, you know? Because, I mean, how many... Okay, look at uh, Mookie Betts. And the NFL is a much shorter season. Yeah, true that. And it's easier to stay in baseball shape than football shape. So if he plays football now, he can jump to baseball in time. But look at Mookie Betts. If you watch Mookie Betts play football, he's like a talented receiver, top 10. I was watching some uh, highlights of him, just kind of playing around in uh, some kind of training facility somewhere. I mean, he was making cuts. He was breaking, like, NFL cornerbacks' ankles. He also just won a PBA title for bowling. He's a bowler. Yeah. I think he bowled a perfect a, game not too long ago. That is not a joke. He's a wow. bowler. Yeah. No, he's a bowler. And, and if you also watch him play basketball, he's probably talented enough to also play professional basketball. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's stupid talented. So wow. think Kyler Murray kind of like that prototype yeah. of athlete. You know, yeah. just kind of the all-around extraordinary. I, I really do get it. You want to play football? I mean, you can always play baseball if you think about it. Right. You know, you, right. like you said, it's easier to stay in baseball shape. So if after five seasons or whatever, yeah. whatever the hell. And also, if you think about it, I, I, heard, a, I heard somebody, a talk show host, say this. The appetite for football has never been more intense in the Americas ever. With the introduction of the AAF, with how many people watched it, with how many people downloaded the app, with how many people ordered it, it makes more sense to go be seen now in the NFL because you're going to get drafted in the first round. You're going to get drafted within the first 20. There's a chance that you get drafted in the top 10, depending on where some of the chips fall. I think he goes top 10. I really do. If he does, it's going to be to a not a good situation, in my opinion. Well, I hope he drops to like 15 to 20, maybe even 25, so that a team that doesn't necessarily need a quarterback but will can pick him up, train him, and then have him start. What kind? What team are you looking for? We're not what team are you looking for, but what teams do you have in mind? Oh, I don't know. Um, we don't even know who's in the Washington team. could use one. Yeah, they can. Uh, Miami could use one, and they're not a good team, but... Trying to think of good teams that could use one. Uh, let me think. Niners? If Garoppolo flops, then yeah. But that's two very different styles of play. I think you kind of yeah. want it. Like the Ravens, well, no, because they have Lamar Jackson now. Yeah. So it, it just kind of depends, especially with a lot of these new coaches, to kind of see who they want as quarterback, like who they think might fit into their new system better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard Gruden really likes them. I've heard Kingsbury really likes them. That would be interesting. Which him, one? Him going to Kingsbury? I think it'd be interesting him going to Gruden. Really? Yeah, because think about who they've had. In the, they've had Derek Carr so far. He's kind of a you know a, a, a pocket passer. A, you know, he's you know more of a slinger, less of a runner. Yeah. So I'd be I would be curious to see him go to Oakland to see if he can't make that pretty stagnant offense a little more dynamic because they've been pretty bad last year. But then the year before that, Derek Carr was like an MVP candidate. Right. So it just kind of depends. I would be curious to see what he can do in an offense by John Gruden, though. Speaking of which, Raiders still don't have a home. I thought it was. I thought they were going to play in uh, in San Fran, but apparently not. I heard they're 
playing in the Coliseum. Are they? Yeah, I've heard they got a deal for the Coliseum in, in I think Oakland for a year. Really? And then after that, they don't they don't have anything. That's news to me. Okay, I'll double check that real quick. But I'm pretty sure I read something online here that says that they. Uh, we can double check it afterwards. Don't worry about it. Yeah, but now I'm super curious. I have to fact check myself. They are <laughs> still moving to Las Vegas, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's still happening. But the stadium, for, the stadium so is the, the lease with the city and with the stadium with the Oakland Coliseum. Yeah, it ended uh, this year, mm-hmm. and so their whole thing was the city was suing the league and them um, for a wrongful move, mm-hmm. apparently. But yeah, so the new stadium in Vegas, which is ridiculous, by the way, is set to open in 2020. Gotcha. But with the lease ending this year, they have no, they have no home. Right. They had no home. <laughs> right, right, right. And so there was even talks of you know where they could move e- even here, like if they were going to play in the dome or not. Right. For that's one, n- for that's one not year. happening. Right. But, um, yeah, that would be kind of a pain. I mean, it would be cool, but it'd be kind of a pain. Yeah. yeah. You know, Just the a, Oakland Raiders flying all the way to San Antonio for a home game. Right. You know, that doesn't make any right. sense. Well, I think they would. They'd have to move their base They'd, of operation here. Right. They'd camp here. You know, they would camp here. Yeah. But um, still, now you're having to re- relocate, like, hundreds of people oh, yeah. for a year. Yeah. So reports of the Raiders negotiating to play at Oakland Coliseum in 2019. Uh, the Raiders are negotiating with uh, the county coliseum officials to allow the NFL franchise to play its home games at the venue during the 2019 season. Uh, per bail, the discussions marked the first between the two sides since the city of Oakland filed a lawsuit against the NFL and the Raiders in December over the franchise's move to Las Vegas. Following the suit, the Raiders, o- Raiders owner, Mark Davis, pulled out a proposed $7.5 million lease extension proposal. Wow. So, Where were they playing before? What baseball What baseball stadium was it? Oakland Coliseum. Oakland yeah, they're playing at Oakland Coliseum. So. Yeah. The, that's the, been and that's home. the A's. That's, that's the been, A's. That's been team. their home for like... Which yeah. how ironic yeah. would it be if they if Kyler Murray does get drafted by <laughs> the Raiders right? to then go play in the Oakland Coliseum where the A's play just it, as kind of like a fuck you yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty slick. Wow, I think he made the right move though. I just I'm curious hey. to see how well he's gonna do. I mean NFL MLB. <laughs> Is there a wrong move? Really? There's, Come on, man. Not. When you can pick and choose like that, it's, it's like yeah. Alex is saying, man. After you know, if he gets, if he ever gets too tired of it or too just whatever, yeah. too burnt out, too beat up, you know. The only the draw, the only drawback to the NFL is the uh, chance for injury is much greater. Right. Yeah. Right. But you know, and I think it's even greater with his stature too. He's not big. He's not tall, but he's also not very stout. What position will he play in the NFL? Quarterback. quarterback. He'll play quarterback. Yeah, he'll play quarterback. Well, he'll be protected. He'll be protected. Yeah, more. but even still, I mean, we've seen even lots Bra- of people get blown up. Even Brady gets blown up, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, not as often not anymore. Not as often, but. but like you, you see these guys, especially with runners. You see mm-hmm. runners get hurt more often because they put themselves in the position to go do so. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of getting blown up, uh, how, about, how about the uh, quarterback from uh, San, San Diego? Diego? Yeah, Washington Dude. blew up. Up that cat, yeah. dude. How about it that? Hurt helmet off. If you listen to the reports, they were saying the two things the quarterback for the fleet lacks pocket awareness. He doesn't know when people are around him and he fumbles. And on that first play, he did not know who was around both him. Both of those happened. God, man. Like he got destroyed. I mean, insane. even the quarterback for the Legends, who had some pocket presence, was able to scramble outside and he got lit the fuck up. Like, I don't even understand how those two are still in the game. Yeah. That hurt. It His hurt. friggin' helmet flew off, yeah. dude. <laughs> like, 15 yards, dude. Yeah, man, it was nuts. Oh, man. It was, it was, yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game live, but I saw the highlights. I, I didn't it, either. And how it good lo- must that linebacker have felt, though? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. And no penalty was called? 
No. That was totally legal. That was probably a penalty in the NFL, correct? Oh, yeah. No. Roughing the passer or something. They would have found something. Yeah, they'd have called something. Do they have, I mean, do they have uh, rules to protect the quarterback in the AAF? Yes. They they can only rush five guys. Mm -hmm. That's right. You can only rush five guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, but I was still curious as to what constitute a rush because I feel like I saw some guys who sat on the line. Maybe they just didn't cross the line of scrimmage. But it looked like they were at the line being blocked by a lineman. Well, kind of sum up what you saw, because you saw most of the beginning of the game, right? I didn't get to watch any of it. So, yeah, I saw the first two quarters, and then I got to watch some uh, a little bit of the other games, just highlights here and there. Um, the interesting thing about both teams, the, the game that I watched were the Commanders versus the Fleet. Um, both defenses came out hot. Yeah. Both of them came out with the very good understanding of the schemes with a very good seem to be a very good understanding of the offensive scheme as well to to try to, you know, counter what they wanted to do. They were very well prepared. The defenses looked extraordinarily well prepared. Like I said, Washington just blew that dude up. I mean, it was like the perfect zone. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. He had an entire side just wide open. He just walked in. Well, so he, he ran in, yeah, very fast, yeah. and very hard. <laughs> yeah. Dude got killed. Oh man! Yeah, if you didn't see it, go hurted. look it up on YouTube. Go look it up yeah, on YouTube. It's Com- bad. Commanders it's versus bad. the Fleet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And funny enough, that guy got benched in the third quarter, and the coach was like, "Yeah, we're not." After the game, the coach was like, "We're not playing him again. Like it's the, the other quarterback's job now." Like oh, they just gave oh, the up quarterback. They gave up on that yeah. guy. Oh, okay. the, yeah, the, the the coach benched that starting quarterback about the third quarter, and he's like, "Yeah, put the other guy in." At you're the end done. of the game, he was like, "You're done." <laughs> do y'all do y'all know any of the backstory on on either or quarterback from Commanders or San Diego? I don't. Man. I don't off the no, top of my I head now. At, yeah, I think uh, the one uh, the quarterback for the, the the fleet, I think, didn't make it to the pros because, like I said, he had those two problems of pocket presence and. Uh, mm-hmm. Fumbling. That's bad hosting on our part, but yeah, it's all right. The um, <clears throat> Sturm, Dalton Sturm, who played played ball at UTSA, um, which is the Commanders' quarterback. Well, he got no. cut. Yeah, he, got he didn't cut. make the final roster for but, UTSA. No, no, for the Commanders. For the commanders. Oh, for the commanders. So he was invited to camp. Uh-huh. They drafted him. Yeah, he was invited to camp, and he didn't make the final cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Josh Stewart made the final cut. Josh Stewart was a was a right receiver. His right receiver mm-hmm. at UTSA. Um, but you said they didn't even really... Uh, no, it looked like they were just going to the one guy. Yeah, Mc- McCoy, I think. McKay. McKay, there McKay. you go. Yeah, they were throwing to him, I swear to God, every every play. Understandably so, when you watched him, he looks bigger, he looks faster, he yeah. looks stronger. So I get why like he's your number one target. But like they were double-teaming this guy. It looked like they were triple-teaming this guy at one point, And they were still throwing the ball to him. Be curious to see if they if they go target him more when they get more in the red zone because that's what um that's what they Cole, did they did yeah they targeted him a lot in the red zone um wait who which one uh, Stewart oh no they didn't really target him that much in the no red zone. yeah because they our, targeted in, McKay though in my interview with Cole, with Cole uh, the team reporter for the Commanders he said that uh, he in his opinion Stewart is a good red zone target mm-hmm. so hopefully you know in these next four games at home or in the next in the next couple of games they'll, tar- they'll start targeting him more. In the, in the red zone. We'll see. The running game was not super effective. That's how they did get their one touchdown. The score ended up being 15-6. to six. And 15. for those of you who don't know, there are no PATs. It's only two-point conversions. And there's a dick ton of field goals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, every team had 
three to five field goals, it felt like, yeah. except for the legends. No kickoffs either, dude. Yeah. Right. They start no on the 25. Mm-hmm. And if you want an onside kick, you basically get a fourth and 12. If you don't convert, the other team gets it. You get a fourth and... It's a fourth and 12 or fourth and 10? Fourth and 12. Fourth, fourth and, 12. and 12. Yeah, they move back a little bit. Wow. So. On And where do you start from? The 25? 25, I believe. I th- or 20? I think so. I'm not sure off the top of my head now. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but... Yeah, but it's interesting nonetheless. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I didn't miss it when I watched the games. I did, uh, the very first play. I missed the kickoff because it's always kind of like the ceremonial, like "Hey, we started." Mm-hmm. But after that, like I didn't give a shit. Like you don't miss it. Yeah, you don't miss it. Right. But the interesting thing I thought even more than that was how many people tuned in to the AAF. It blew out the NBA. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. it blew out. The, so it was like a national headline um, game, the night for the NBA. Thunder, yeah. and, Thunder, and who played? I don't even care. Or yeah, probably well, the Lakers. <laughs> it was Mark- Le- LeBron. And it, the oh, Lakers, it was the Rockets. Probably. Rockets. Yeah, it was the, the Rockets because okay. Harden put Harden. up again another like forty point game right. and got beat for the first time. Record breaking after night, putting whatever. up a forty night. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, anyways, a marquee night for the NBA. And the AAF beats him out. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's fantastic. But I'm doesn't that really... just say how much people like football over every other sport? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm really rooting for the AAF, dude. I Same. really am. Same. I, I hope it does well. I hope it sticks around because it's pretty cool to have a pro team here in San Antonio. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, yeah. Yeah. It's a pro. It's a pro league, dude. It's a pro league. Despite yeah. what you think, no, I, I. The missions are still a pro team. Exactly. Yeah. No, they're just the minors for the NFL. Despite what, you th- yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You're still a, a pro team. You're a minor league podcaster, bro. You, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, I'm not mad at. It. Like I said, they're proud just like, of it too, dude. Yeah. They're just like, oh, we're not the minor. Yeah. The fuck. You kind of are, though, right? Well. How are you any different from a minor league team as the AAF? That's, I don't see anything wrong with them not wanting to look at it that way, though. I, I just don't. Like, I just think you're kind of putting on blinders. Well, let them, dude. I, I don't know. I'm let just them. I'm just saying. The NFL is its own entity, and it's got its own problems and issues, and right. everybody loves it. And this hates is, it. And, that, and hates it. Yeah. yeah, that's true, too. Especially with all the, ca- true, especially with all the Kaepernick bullshit, too, but... Yeah, I saw a report. I, I know I sent it to you that he got signed by the Jets for like a one-year deal, nine mil, but then like nothing came of it, and hmm. it's it was fake, dude. Kaepernick I think it was fake. Yeah, dude, Kaepernick should go play in the AAF, that's and what, that's what somebody was saying that's too. What they're saying, but that doesn't. I I think that still defeats the point for him. Did you hear that uh, the Super Bowl? This was the lowest-rated Super Bowl in ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I saw that. I saw that, and I think it's because. People are getting tired of the Patriots, which, in my opinion, is horrible. Right. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, as Americans, we want bigger, better, badder, the best thing ever. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, we, pa- all, yeah, we pe- all strive to drive the Mercedes and all this, that, and the other. You know? Tom Brady is the friggin' Ferrari of all players. Yep. And, and you don't want to watch him? Nope. Thank you. The way I feel is like we are never gonna witness this ever again, ever. and we, we need to tune in and watch because this is history being made, and we're never gonna see this again. Never. Exactly, but our people, grandchildren won't see this, right? But people are like, "Oh, Tom Brady back it's in so the Super boring. back in the Super Bowl." Like, yeah, this is awesome what he's doing. Yeah, it is. No one ever again will ever yeah. do this. No, no ever. one. And uh, you know, uh, Anthony's buddy Nick. No, I don't. No, you don't. You haven't met my buddy oh, Nick okay. yet. Okay. 
But uh, so we went out for his birthday the other night, and uh, he came up to us at some point, and he was talking about us. He was like, you know, you guys have changed my opinion on the Patriots. I used to hate. I still hate the Patriots. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's fair. Everybody does. Yeah, sure. Yeah, makes sense. But he was like, but I now respect them more, having after heard what you guys had to say about it. And we said exactly that. Yeah. It, we will never, ever see this kind of talent. We will never see a coach like Belichick. No. We'll never see a quarterback like Brady. No. It might even be a while, in my opinion, until we see... Because in my opinion, Gronk is one of the better modern versions of a tight end. Like, you have Ertz, you have Kelsey, you have Kittle. But, like, Gronk... Is even then three years ago? You said he uses his body them. well. You he and does. Nick, you yeah. and Nick agree that he yeah. uses his body well. He uses his body extraordinarily well because he's so big. Yeah, like he's just a large dude, and he knows how to like almost box out. And as far as right. football goes, what's his name from the Cowboys was really good too. He just retired. Witten. 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 He yeah. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. amazing dude. tight end. Dude, guys I like, might be faster than that dude though. It's guys <laughs> like that that deserve a, a ring more than all. And oh yeah, it's just a shame, yeah. dude. It's just I a, wish Gronk could keep going, but yeah, he's beat up and he's beat down. Yeah, and all, but. It, it was yeah. really cool to see him, you know, yeah. while he was here. Like, yeah, again, another one of those players that we don't appreciate until they're not here, and then we look back and we're like, fuck, that dude was a lot of fun yeah. to watch. Brother, yeah. how about Julian Edelman, dude? Julian Edelman wins the Super Bowl MVP, and this dude, first of all, what 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 his uh, his background, he was a... Uh, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback Julian Edelman was a dual-threat quarterback in high school. And Had to college. go to a JUCO, yeah. then picked up by Kent State again as a dual-threat quarterback. Played against Sean McVay at the University mm-hmm. of Miami, Ohio. Yeah, where did he go to college? Kent State. Kent State. Right, some garbage school, right? Yeah, like, yeah. not even, like, they yeah. don't even televise they're, the games. They're, like, in Akron or something. Yeah. Or they're in, I think they're in Ohio, but... Yeah, they don't even televise the game. Yeah, like, you know, they're Kent in like with State. Western Michigan, Western Western Michigan State University, the Chippewas and all that. Yeah, like they're yeah, it's in a random ass. But uh, and then he got he didn't get picked up by combat or anything. Went and tried out. I'm pretty sure with the I think with the Patriots got picked up by the Patriots. Switched his position to receiver because you know Tom Brady. Because yeah. Tom Brady, yeah. right? And then now. Has become and now he's Julian Edelman. Right. Yeah, he's it's a cr- incredible story. It really is great story. Yeah, uh, that's it's Tyrod Taylor I, did the same I thing. Was, I think he's a pretty solid receiver now. I was is he really? Uh huh. Serious? Yeah, Tyrod Taylor's been a receiver for a few years. No, not Tyrod Taylor. No, no, no. Uh, I'm like he's no, the that's quarterback sorry. for the Browns. No, dude. no, 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 no. The who was the old quarterback for Ohio State? Uh, oh, I know. I don't know shit, his name. What's his name? Don't know his name. Sorry, not Tyrod. Yeah, no, he's the quarterback for the Browns. Isaiah's Isaiah's yelling at us right now, but Um, sorry, dude. Dang, I can't remember his name. But yeah, he transferred over to Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor, I'm pretty sure, is the guy who transferred to receiver. Okay. Sorry. Well, anyway, yeah, (laughs) Julian Edelman, I was really happy that he won MVP. But then there's also the argument, like, somebody from the defense should have won. And I'm like, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's a toss-up, really. Yeah. So but yeah. But how do you pick one defensive player? Yeah, because that's, that's whole my defense, only question. Yeah, you got to give it to the whole defense. It's an offensive-minded system, dude. But yeah. Anyway, AAF. AAF. Yeah, so Commanders win their opener. Yep. I thought it was exciting. I hope it does really well. Same. Uh, oh, we, other, need, we need to go to a game. We, we need do. to go to a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some other games. The Apollos and the highest-scoring game uh, this Past weekend, opening weekend, beat the Legends forty to six. Did you see anything from that? No, I didn't. All I know is that Steve Spurrier fucking destroyed those guys. <laughs> He's the head coach of the Orlando Apollos or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he put that team together and they knew what they were doing and they looked like they knew what they were doing. I saw some of the highlights, and even more so, it looked like the Atlanta Legends didn't know what the fuck was going on. 
Because I was I, I watched some of the highlights, and yeah, like Sims gets blown up and all this good stuff. But I'm trying to figure out what was going on with the offense. I know they had Michael Vick as an OC, and they cut him. They picked up somebody else like a couple of days before the game started. So I don't know if it was just kind of a lack of preparation on the coaching side, right, or what. I'd imagine some of these teams are just kind of figuring it out still, right? You know, yeah. oh yeah, you know, that's been, what I told him. I was like, yeah. they've got to be still kind of, yeah. But f- even then, you know, look at the teams who did. Look at the Birmingham Iron, who won twenty six to zero against mm-hmm. the Memphis Express. That's true. They knew what they were doing. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They run the ball well. They passed the ball well. Their defensive was stout. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, absolutely. The it's, Apollo it's be, yeah, knew what be, they were doing. Yeah, it's going to be both sides in this league for yeah. sure. Yeah, at least in the beginning. Maybe the first couple of years it'll be kind of weird and wonky, and then it'll start. I don't know. The Arizona Hot Shots beat. Uh, is that the was that the Salt Lake Stallions? You said. Yeah, Salt Lake Stallions. Thirty-eight twenty-two. Yeah. That one I wish I could watch. That seemed like it was a pretty good game. The other two were like the Commanders game was fun to watch, but they were kind of having a hard time punching in the end zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like okay, uh, another high-powered layup. So, <laughs> so, it, but it was fun. I really enjoyed the game, though. It's going to be interesting to see how this league develops. Exactly, because there were some calls that I didn't quite understand. I, I want to look more into it and figure out. Like they had like a defensive illegal formation or something like that. You told me that, yeah. I had no idea what that meant. Hey, so we'll, we'll find out. But we'll, like I said, they blew it. They blew NBA out of the water. The f- appetite for football has never been better, higher, stronger. Like it's. It's going to be exciting. It's not going to fail because hope people not. love football. I oh, hope people. not, dude. I hope it doesn't fail. The yeah. only See, way seems... that it fails is if companies don't buy into it. Uh-huh. People are going to buy into it. No oh, problem. Yeah. It's football. It seems like they're doing it right, you know, as opposed to the XFL. Right. You know, it seems like they're doing it right. Did you know Bob Stoops is going to be the head coach for the Dallas expansion team of the XFL? Bob Stoops. Oh, the oh, coach for the oh, for the Oklahoma. Yeah, oh, like one wow. of the best Oklahoma coaches of all time. Yeah. And XFL is supposed to come back in 2020, correct? Yeah. yeah. God, see, that is a problem, too, because AAF is now here. XFL ain't going to last, dude. See, it might, though, because think about joke. some of what people like to... Okay, wrestling is a joke, and how long has that been around? Forever. Yeah. But still, dude, that's... It's this. It's the same thing. I don't see how people watch wrestling anymore. I really don't. That's just me. I don't see how people watch a lot of shit, but it's, it's all inter- over the it's place. It's entertaining. Dude. It is entertaining. And think about it. it. What What are some of the most favorite things about the NFL? The NFL. Like, what are the, some of the things that people like to see the most? Uh, high flying offense. Yeah. You know, scoring. 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 What else? The superstars. Okay. Pat Mahomes. Um, big hits, big, big hits. hits. Yeah, big hits. That's the only thing the XFL is going to be known for. Right, big hits is how fucking rowdy it is. Yeah, that's going to get a lot of attention. Still, I don't think it'll last, but that's just my opinion. See, I, I can see it lasting. It might not be as big as the AAF or the NFL. It's definitely never going to be as big as the NFL. Right? No, but I, shit. If you want to see somebody get fucked up. <laughs> You go watch the XFL. Yeah. If you want to watch a good football game, you watch the NFL. You watch the NFL. Yeah. If you want to watch, it all depends on what you what you what you want. Right. So, and again, football is football is football. Football is football. People want to watch football. Oh yeah. Year round, like the XFL will do fine. Yeah. Not great, but fine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, we'll see. Switching gears here a little bit. It's absolutely crazy that Harper, Machado, Keiko, and Kimbrell are still free agents, and we're days away from camp. Two of those are crazy. 
two of those I totally understand. Okay, yeah, that's understandable. Machado Machado got uh, 220 or something yeah, like that from, from the, the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah. So now he's got a mega contract from the Yankees and the White Sox, right? Yeah. Because didn't the White Sox Just to put be up- clear, he didn't take either of those, and at least not that I've seen yet, but right. he got offered. Yeah, he got offered that. Harper, I don't think, has gotten offered the huge contract yet. No. But did you hear a bunch of Giants players want him? I think Buster Posey was like, bring him on board. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd be interested to see him go to San Francisco. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because they have Mad Bum out there and yeah. <laughs> Buster Posey. I saw, I, saw uh, I don't know if it was you that sent me it or I saw a quote somewhere. And um, I think it was Baseball King that, t- that posted it. Um, Mad Bum said, if you're going to use an opener in my game, <laughs> I'm going to walk gonna, out. I'm going to walk out the stadium. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> if you take Mad Bum out of the, in the first inning, something is mentally wrong with you. Yeah. He's going to kill you. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, he's, I love that dude. He's oh, ridiculous. Man. But yeah, so Harper and Machado, I'm not super surprised. I'm not sure what they're waiting for. I'm not either. I'm really not. Like, they want. I, is it too much money? Is it that. They're assholes. It's not is enough it? money, dude. You want you want me. I'm worth what I. No, sorry. Like for the team, is it too much money for the team to put oh, out? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know I'm saying like right. I don't understand what what their problem is. I'm not sure if they're trying to see where all the chips fall so they can pick the best team to go to. What chips are you trying to see fall? You're the biggest names out there. Well, they had like Real Muto, TJ, who from the uh, uh, Marlins went up to Philly. Okay. And Philly's been putting together a team, and it might be one of those things where Harper's been waiting to see where these young guys go to figure out where he's going to sign. Did you guys pick up another starter and a better closer? Can you guys win a championship? Did you guys pick up a good spot at third base that we don't have a hole in the infield now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wonder if it's one of those things where they're looking for the best team to sign with, not necessarily a team that will sign them or a team they want to go to. Right. Because we all know that Machado wanted to go to the Yankees. I think, no. he's, I think, he's gonna, I think he might take that deal. If it's legit. Yeah, I think he probably will. I, I don't know. They had a stud at third base last year. The young cat. Who? Uh, I think he was like an AL like rookie MVP candidate for the Yankees at third base. He's a young guy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they had a stout infield. I can't really see Machado walking in and taking that spot necessarily. Mm. It's gonna. I, I don't. I don't. I think Machado should go to the White Sox. I think Machado should go to the White Sox, and I think that Harper should go to the Phillies. <laughs> I know why you're saying that because he's he's gonna be the man. But they also got a lot better last year. Towards the back half of the season, they did really well. At the first half of the season, they were trash. They were trading all their good players away. They didn't know what they wanted to do. And then they started to get it together. Got a bunch of young guys on the field. You put Manny Machado out there. He gets to be the guy, but he also gets to help influence this this younger generation. Yeah, but show them what it's like to play postseason baseball. Does he win in five years? Does that does does he win? Does he make it to the uh, to the NLCS? Are they in the NL? I don't. I don't care about the White Sox enough to know, but <laughs> I think yeah. I think that if you pick up a couple of pieces, sure. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, the Rangers picked up uh, 
On her pants. Uh, yeah, on a minor league contract. He's a Fort Worth guy, too. He's originally yeah. from Fort Worth. He played at UTA. Did he? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, signed him back to a minor That's league deal. That's kind of exciting. He's a, got a minor league deal, but he'll make it. Yeah, I would imagine he'll stay on the road. It's probably one of those fluctuating things Something. where, yeah. yeah, but he'll be there. I don't doubt it. I, I'm not surprised he's the guy. He seems like a guy that would take less money to just play. So. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, Because didn't he technically retire? I thought yeah, there were rumors. I, th- I, th- I heard. I rumors. thought he retired from the Giants. Did he? I thought so. He was playing in. Uh, he was playing in uh, another league. I don't know what league it was. In some winter league that I saw. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I heard that too. And um, but yeah, this is good for them. Yeah, so, I'm not mad at the pickup. I'm not mad at it at all. I still am surprised that Kuchel and Kimbrel haven't. Sam. Yeah. Keiko, especially. Yeah, Ke- Kuchel. Sorry, Keiko. Um, my, I, again, it's one of those things that I don't understand why they wouldn't. You don't understand why teams why teams are waiting. <coughs> yeah, I don't understand because I mean, think about last year, right? It was all about pitching staff. We had more strikeouts than ever. Right, games were faster than ever. Like it was all about the pitching staff. Pitching is what won you games. I don't understand why the Astros aren't just jumping on it since they lost. They already lost Charlie Morton. Yeah, I don't. Maybe contract, trying to save cap space. They're going to have to re-sign one of the big three or four that they have right now. Yeah, that's true. Because you have Bregman, Cora, uh, Altuve. You have a freaking infield that has multiple MVP candidates on it, and you have Springer out in center. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's just unfair. Yeah. It's going to break up here soon. Oh, it is. You know what I'm saying? So I'm wondering if they're trying to you know, forego one pitcher for three infielders or something. Yeah. I'm not sure. I hope these guys get picked up. I liked. Wa- I like watching all of these guys play. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Harper. I'm not the biggest fan of Machado, but Kimbrel and Cooch, uh, Keuchel, Kuchel. I can't read. Keuchel. Say, say it with me. You ready? Keuchel. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Those are your highlights for the day. Those are the highlights. <laughs> Those are the highlights. Again, highlight is Alex can't read. <laughs> Moving on. It's okay. It's okay. Still love you, dude. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I okay. So when we watched the the AAF, when we watched the command, when I watched the Commanders, one of the biggest takeaways that I had from the game, one of the things I was most excited for, especially when I was watching highlights from the rest of these games, is just how good the product on the field was. For only having been a league for like a year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How long have they been working on it? At least, well, past two years. The past two years. They've been, they've been getting it together it. for about two years. But again, they've only had these camps. They went into they all eight teams had camp here in San Antonio. San Antonio hosted training camp for all eight teams for all of all of February. Or yeah. Jan, no, January. 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 All of January. So they've realistically only been teams playing with each other for about a month, maybe. Right, right. Outside of outside workouts and all things like that, but so not very long. That's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, especially again with just how, like I said, with just how good the product was. I mean, these defenses were good. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. The offenses had some trouble. 
granted, they're going to have trouble. Offense is a very rhythm-based event. Like, you got to know how your receivers are going to act in certain situations, yeah, how yeah. your quarterback throws, how your running back prefers to I run. I can imagine there were some nerves in there, too. You get, you're just going to you're gonna have nerves, and that's oh, yeah. going to play a factor, too. Yeah, I mean, first game. First game, new league. New league. Everyone's excited you about know? it. You're beating out the NBA. Well, you don't know that at the time, right. but still. Absolutely. But it was just extraordinary to see how well-prepared these teams were this quickly. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's more of a testament to the players or to the coaching staffs. Both. I would say both. I would lean towards coaching staffs, I think, though. Yeah. Because you have to learn a new system. Now, granted, they you know had time to get these players kind of ready for it. But it was just extraordinary to, to see these guys who haven't all been playing football. Very long. Very long. Together. Right. Together. Yeah, together. Right. Together. Sorry. Yeah. Very long together to really kind of mesh and understand how it works and i wonder and i'm only more excited to see as the season goes on because these guys are going to get in better shape they're going to understand their playbooks better Mm -hmm. to see how good it gets but right now i mean when i was watching it it looked like really good college programs right now in my opinion like i think that you know the likes of like clemson and alabama still might have a pretty good chance at beating one of these two teams, but they're, I would, if I, in my comparison, this is how I, I made the comparison in my brain. They're probably like each one of those teams, especially teams like Orlando right now. Um, I would say the commanders, I would say Birmingham, Birmingham would be like a top 15, top 20 college team right now. Except they're getting paid. Except they're getting paid. Right. So I'm really curious to see how quickly these guys progress and if they can, be in the likes of, you know, like what's the worst NFL team right now? Ooh, you think? Uh, oh, man. Who was it? Raiders? You think Raiders? Raiders, Browns. Well, Browns got better. They got Raiders better. got a lot worse. The Browns weren't the worst. No. Um, yeah. Like, Cardinals? In your opinion, cards? Yeah, cards are pretty trash. Jags? No, Jags had a decent season. Well, they didn't do great. They got beat up, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Because they were just all over the place. Like Bengals? How'd the Bengals do? The Giants, bad. the Giants were horrible, right? Giants yeah. are pretty bad. See, they're the command like all those teams aren't quite to that level yet. Mm-hmm. They're not quite yet the worst of the NFL, NFL. but they're better than ninety five percent of all college teams. Yeah. That's kind of how I saw it when I watched it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I st- I just saw the highlights. Oh, Some, same though. Yeah, some things did seem a little hokey to me, like the commanders in the fleet game. There was that big hit. Right. It's like, wow, you don't see that every day. Right. There was the uh, interceptions. Yeah, there's a lot of them, too. There was like Our defense had like two or three? Yeah. Two. And then the fleet had an interception or yeah, two also. It had one or Dude, two. There was like four or five interceptions. The iron had a couple interceptions. Yeah, you don't see that a lot either. Right. You know, in, in NFL. Yeah. Um, the run game wasn't the strongest. None of the run games were very... I think Birmingham may have had one of the better run games with mm-hmm. Richardson behind the ball. I think he had like 20-something carries, about 50 yards. He got the touchdown for him and a two-point conversion. Yeah. It also seemed like the quarterbacks had a lot of time and a lot of protection. And like the plays that I saw... Well, not the, for the fleet. That dude was fleet. getting blown up 24-7. <laughs> they were in that dude's yeah. face like a fucking mouthpiece. I guess then maybe it was for the commanders. I noticed that the pocket was huge. Yes, I agree and with that. And there was nobody around him. I agree with that. And he was just out there flinging bombs, yeah, dude. You know? He was. 
actually so, making deep passes, which I found right. pretty interesting. So that was new, yeah. I guess. And yeah. then the commanders were only going to that one receiver. Yeah. You know, so they really weren't spreading it out all right. that much. So there were things like that. There was kind of, uh, yeah. I don't know about I it yet, you know, but it was still exciting to watch. One of the things I noticed, too, and I don't know if this is team-specific, because like I said, I didn't get to watch all of the games, but it seemed that the offenses were pretty unique in that they didn't really look like NFL offenses all that much. Not at all. Like, they had a whole lot of different moving parts and a lot of different formations and, like, objectives for some of the, like, receivers, like, what they were aiming to do. Mm -hmm. But I just found it to be so interesting again just how they ran the offenses because even the commanders they didn't i mean it was all fairly standard i mean you see a lot of it but again it just didn't look like your traditional like nfl football game and i don't even really think it looked like your traditional college football game it was kind of interesting and then it was almost like a whole new version of an offense i wish i could have watched I didn't even see any highlights, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to tune in next. This They're on YouTube, boo. Yeah. yeah Just check them out. Yeah. True, true. True chains. And also, I don't know if you guys know about it, but the, the Alliance has an app that you can download now. Mm-hmm. I do know it's that. It's pretty extraordinary. You can actually watch what's happening in the game in real time. Like they oh, have, That's awesome. Yeah, they have like this little graphic that moves the players on the screen with how the defense and how the offense are moving. It's kind of... It's kind of slick. Legit. Yeah. And one of my favorite things, too, that I noticed is that when there were challenge calls on the field, they showed the officiator in, in the box making oh, yeah, the call. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you saw him. Like, what was the call on the field? Okay. He watched the play, and he was like, okay, here's what we're going with. Here's what I see. This is what you need to do. And then he called down. You know, he bobbled the ball. He didn't get that second foot in. It's an incomplete pass. I saw people But you got to, like, watch the whole process. It wasn't like you just saw the ref standing there with with headsets on headsets on watching a camera and that somebody came up to him or somebody said something in his ear mm-hmm. watching and then he multiple replays. At the right. You, that there's somebody in the box, you know, who's explaining the rule. Like Tony Romo in that Super Bowl game, he was like calling to somebody who's like a rules expert mm-hmm. to yeah. talk about the call. Remember that? Yeah. We just saw that dude talking basically. That's cool. It was actually really cool. I actually really appreciated that. Because again, it was kind of gave you like an insight as to what's What's happening? I wonder if that whole idea of like transparency is going to be big in the AAF because I think that's one of the things that hurts the NFL right now is yeah. a lack of transparency. Yeah. So I wonder if that's going to help. They'll figure it out as they go along to uh, you know how to differ- differentiate themselves from the NFL. They'll, right. they'll figure it out as they go. It's yeah. the first week of many men. You're going to iron out the kinks and figure out what needs to be. And better. the teams are going to get better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. you'll cool. really finally see who can do what. Yeah, I'm still kind of serious to see just what the level of talent is going to be, though. Because again, a lot of these guys didn't make it to the pros for some reason. Yeah, you know. So I well, because the talent pool is so big, you know. Well, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, you know, you could have had a bad agent, you could have had a bad week, a bad yeah. month, a bad game, and then right. never get looked at it. You could have had an injury, and they thought you were done forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, like overall. If the NFL is supposed to be the A plus, what grade will the AAF get as far as like talent goes? Yeah, I'll be curious to see how that rolls out too, and see how many people. You know, another thing I'm curious of. You know, there's football leagues all over the world. Like there's professional football Mm -hmm. leagues. I wonder now if we're gonna start getting those guys over here, 
for a better chance to get to the NFL. Maybe. 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 Like Maybe. If it'll have effect on any but any other league outside of. Shit, dude. There's different baseball leagues all over the world, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And people come, but there's, you know, people, you don't go to the minor leagues necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't get signed by the missions. You get signed by the Brewers. And, and then you play for the missions. And assigned to the missions, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can't, you know, but I'd be curious to see if we're getting people from other countries getting signed by Birmingham Iron, yeah. Memphis Express, Speaking of San Antonio missions, Commanders. Would it, would it surprise you to know that the missions have no control over the, like, who gets, um, who oh, gets yeah. assigned to them? Yeah, that was surprising. No, I remember you guys talking about it. Yeah. God, man. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't realize that yeah. either. I was like, oh, wow. The big okay. one for me is the coaching. Yeah. Like, they don't have any say re- over who coaches that team? Wow. None. It's the it's the Brewers assign everyone, including everyone. players, coaching staff, everyone. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty crazy. That and was my mind. Rich made it sound like we're basically a host. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. I was like, that, yeah. Wow. That'd be, and I was telling him, that'd be a little unsettling for me as a, the owner. Stop taking away my good players, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But yeah, I guess that's what you sign up for. I that is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. What else we got? AF, tune in. <sighs> AF, tune in. Yeah. yeah seriously, guys. Take yeah. a look. It's going to be fun. It's football. Regardless yeah. of what you think about and it, it's tickets football. Tickets are pretty cheap, too. They are. Go out and support them. Yeah. If you want to keep that major league team here, yeah. you want to keep that professional. 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 I like putting emphasis on the wrong syllables. Yeah. Hey, man, who did we interview last week? Oh, we interviewed a rep from SAFC. Preston. Dun, dun, dun. I'm actually really excited about this one. He gave us a really a lot of really good insight on this. Anthony and I were lucky enough to be able to, uh, like I said, sit down with a member of uh, SAFC, San Antonio Club de Football, and talk a little bit of soccer and... Uh, before we go to that, you want to mention baseballism again? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Point. Yeah, so this baseball season, uh, make sure to check out our friends over at Baseballism.com, an all-baseball-related apparel and clothing company for baseball people. If you love baseball, you should be wearing Baseballism. It's America's brand, the official off-the-field brand for baseball. Uh, baseballism is Baseballism.com. Go check them out. Uh, they literally have something for everyone men, women, and children. Use promo code or use coupon code AA Sports. Get 15% off your first order. And once again, if you're not ready to order, go follow them on all socials. They're very active on Instagram and Twitter as well as Facebook. So, boom. Boom. Now we'll go to that interview. Let's go to that interview. Let's do it. I'm excited about it. Right on. All right, guys. I am so, so excited for this interview. Uh, for those of you who know me, I'm a huge soccer fan in general. I know how much Anthony loves when I talk about soccer. I do. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's the best. It's, it's I, the best. I love sitting through it. But uh, I could not be more excited to have this interview right now. We actually got a member of SAFC on the show with us. Uh, for those of you who don't know, San Antonio football, San Antonio has their own professional football club, the San Antonio Football Club. And uh, we're joined by uh, Preston. Preston, tell us a little bit about you. Hey, yeah, first off, guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate um, the opportunity to, to be on your show. Um, yeah, so essentially... My title with the the organization is the soccer communications manager, uh, which basically means I'm kind of the middleman between the players, the coaches, uh, and everybody else. Uh, <laughs> I've been with the organization since its inception, inception back in 2016, but I've been with Spurs Sports and Entertainment as a whole uh, for five years now. And prior to that, I've worked in Major League Baseball and, and the NBA and a couple of other different professional teams. So. Uh, born and raised in San Antonio, though, so I'm a local kid, so it's good to kind of be here working in soccer in my hometown. Very cool, man. If you don't mind me asking, um, 
going deeper into the X or going deeper beyond the X's and O's, but you said you mentioned um, working for MLB team. Uh, yeah, where did you get your start, and where did um, where did sports kind of come into your life, or when and yeah, when and how and all that? Yeah, sure. No, I mean I was always a big sports guy. I kind of adopted that from my father, and I think that I played growing up, and I was always interested in writing about it. And when I went to college, it was kind of when I found a route. I went to college at a, at a school called Webster University in St. Louis, Missouri, and kind of found a, a couple of things that I could do on the side to prepare myself for a career in sports, and I was lucky enough right after college to land an internship with the Houston Astros, um, and so I did that for a year before getting hired by the New York Yankees, so I traveled up to New York and worked for them in the same capacity in media relations and communications. Uh, and after my time with the Yankees, I came down to New Orleans and worked with the, the Hornets in the NBA prior to when they became the Pelicans. Um, and then from there, I, I did some work in soccer in San Antonio with the, the previous uh, professional team in town, the Scorpions, and, and then got hired by Spurs Sports Entertainment in late 2013, early 2014, and have uh, been with the organization starting with basketball stuff before moving on to soccer uh, for the last five years. Yeah, Very cool. Very That's cool. Cra- so, I mean, I know... You, you're pretty well traveled with your uh, with your job history there, but I mean it's got to be a pretty great feeling being able to come to your hometown and work for a hometown team. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm I'm a I'm a Texas kid, you know, at heart, and I, I always will be. I think I, I very much value the experiences that I had living in different cities and and adapting to the lifestyles of these different cities all over the country, and um, I'll always have. You know, my time in St. Louis and New York and New Orleans and Houston is is a big part of my life. But yeah, coming home and obviously being a soccer fan and playing when I was growing up, this it's kind of a neat opportunity to be able to help grow the sport and grow the brand of, of San Antonio FC in my hometown. And it's, it's like you're, you know, knocking out two proverbial birds with one stone, if you will. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All righty. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, let's just yeah, let's just get into it a little bit. So um, right off the back here. <laughs> Um, so there have been reports that uh, Juventus are building a complex here in San Antonio, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Is it Juventus? Juventus? Yeah. Okay. As far as I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, but the, it's uh, it's a facility designed to develop players and as a and act as a base, I guess, for operations for recruiting in San Antonio. Um, can you tell us if this will have any effect on the club? Yeah. So you know, I can't talk too much about that academy only because I, I don't know too much about it. I do know that there are times when um, sometimes some major European clubs will set up uh, academies here in the states, and, and sometimes it's a it's a little more complicated. And somebody will will pay a licensing fee essentially to use the brand of a major club while setting up their own academy that, that doesn't necessarily have a direct tie-in. So uh, I'm not sure if this means a bunch of San Antonio kids that get noticed are going to go play for Juventus someday or not. I, I don't know that that's the case, but uh, it doesn't affect what we're doing. We're we're very fortunate to have um, what's called the SAFC Pro Academy. So we have four teams starting at the U12 level going up to U12, uh, I think it's U14, U15, U16 right now that um, plays in, in the U.S. Soccer Development uh, Development Academy. So it's a recognized USDA academy system, and, and we're already producing players. And uh, we have a player on our first team named Ethan Bryant who kind of came through that system already. So uh we're really focused on what we're doing on our end and the pro Academy since it started in 2016 has just grown leaps and bounds over the last three years and is competing on an MLS level and has participated in tournaments overseas, including in the Cayman islands. And it's been really, 
really something the club is really proud of so far. So I think that's what we're kind of focused on as an organization is continuing that pipeline uh, to be the premier place for young talent to, to play soccer and, and give them that direct path to pro to have an opportunity to play professional. And, and kind of the kicker for us is uh, none of it is pay to play. Our academy system is fully funded. So all of our players, uh, basically they try out, they take part in identification uh processes and then once they're picked uh they basically are on the team for free everything else is paid for that's excellent and as you were saying you know the development of these young guys in san antonio has been extraordinary you guys just had somebody called up to the u18 national team right yeah so that's ethan that's what i was talking about actually so he uh ethan was a part of what's called our elite training program so when our academy started back in in 2016 we started with one age group and, and the goal was each year that goes by, you would that age group would, would advance a year, and then you'd add another age group underneath eventually until you had all the age groups that you wanted. So when we first started, because we could only take uh, U-12s, we, uh, we started what's called the Elite Training Program, which is under the Academy umbrella. So our, our academy and technical staff invites players from around San Antonio of all ages at the youth level to, to train with us about once or twice a week. And it, it kind of served as another identification process uh, right. So Ethan was a part of that. Ethan came out and trained. He played with Classics Elite, which is another club here in town. So he came out and trained with, with our elite training program, was identified by the first team, um, and then eventually was signed to an academy agreement in the USL, which means he doesn't jeopardize his, his potential college eligibility, but he gets to play professional soccer. And, and yeah, Ethan had a great year for us last year. It was his rookie year, and it's paid off. He just got called up to the U18 camp last week, and he's been there the last five days, I believe, and uh, I talked to him yesterday. He seems like he's having a really great time. So he'll come back with, with a heck of a lot more experience under his belt. But it's it's just another example of, in three years, you know, already the progress that, that our academy is making in terms of helping develop young talent in San Antonio. No, absolutely. So then let me ask you this. <clears throat> what is it like for a club to send a player to a national team? Is it is it good for the club, the coaches? I, I Like you were saying, it's good for the player. And do you guys have to build a, a relationship with the national team at all to, to help promote these players to, to get there? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think that goes, I think this is such a small world in terms of coaching and, and technical directors and things within U.S. soccer. So our head coach, Darren Powell, and our academy director, uh, Nick Evans are so well connected throughout soccer throughout the country that they build those networks um, to potentially help push players or identify players. Uh, but in terms of of just representing your country as a player, you know, I, I think that it's one of the things that as a club we're most proud of when our players represent their country. Ethan is is the one that's happening right now, but he's far from our first. We've had people represent uh, Colombia, Jamaica, Turks and Caicos, a number of other countries, and. Um, Ever Guzman, who's one of our strikers, won a, a U15 World Cup with Mexico back in 2005. So, or U17 oh, wow. World Cup, I think it is. But that was just part of it. Representing your country is a, is a huge source of pride for the player, for the club, for the coach. Um, and to, for players, it's another step in, in their development. But for the club and for coaches and technical staff, it, it kind of is a is like a blue star on, on the, the development of their own players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know if there would be anything that I would feel more honored than being able to play my favorite sport for my country. I mean, that would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people resonate with that. I think that's why you see, you know, the Euro tournaments and the World Cup and Gold Cup and all these massive national tournaments get so much publicity because it, it is that sense of pride that you feel as you, as you continue to develop in your sport. Oh, yeah. Right on, man. 
Um, so real quick, looking at the looking at the roster here, there's a lot of returning talent. Um, in your opinion, who's who are some guys that we should be keeping a special eye on for this year? Uh, yeah, we got you know it's it's interesting. We have a lot of good guys coming back, and then we also added about thirteen or fourteen new guys as well. Um, a couple of the guys, Ever Guzman, like I mentioned, is our striker. He was our leading scorer last year. He returns. Uh, Matthew Cardoni is our goalkeeper. He uh, He's born and raised in San Antonio, went to MacArthur High School and went to Trinity University and, and has played in San Antonio since. So he's a good local story and, and, a, and a heck of a good goalkeeper. Um, along with those two guys, Pekka, Rafa Castillo, are a couple of other players that, that we, we re-signed for this season. And then in terms of additions, uh, Billy Forbes is a player who's played with us before. He played back in the Scorpions days and then also played for San Antonio FC back in 2017. And and had a great year, and he's back with the team now after spending last year in Phoenix. Amir Jidic is a good defender. Jack Barnby is a good midfielder. Lance Lang is a, is a really good winger. So, yeah, a number of, of guys. We think that the, the coaching staff this year and, and Tim Holt, our managing director, has put, have put together a really, really impressive squad, which is getting everyone really excited for the start of the season. No, for sure. Rafa is actually probably one of my more favorite players on the team. I remember we, we went to a couple of games last year, and we got to see them all play, and uh, – I mean that guy's just that dude's magic on the field. It's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. He's a good dude too. He's a he's a really nice guy, and he uh, he has this, he has developed this kind of ever since he scored that bicycle kick to win a an NHL championship <laughs> with the Scorpions back in 2014. He has kind of a cult status here in town. So, oh yeah, uh, like, yeah. Roth is back for another year. 39 years young, and, and he'll be ready to go out there. Oh yeah, man. 30, I, 39 years old. Yeah. Wow. And I remember that goal too. I remember that goal. That oh, was wow. a fun season. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, league that you guys are in. So the UCL has now rebranded themselves to the USL Championship. Is that correct? Yeah, so it, well, it started as uh, it was back a few years ago now. It was called USL Pro, and then it transitioned to just USL, and now uh, it's USL Championship. So essentially nothing's changing. Um, the, what was known as the USL last year is just being rebranded to the USL Championship. And the reason why they're doing this is because they also own two other leagues, one professional and one semi-professional. Mm-hmm. So if MLS is technically your first division in U.S. soccer, your second division is the USL Championship. Your third division is what's called USL League One, which has 10 teams and is starting play for the first time this year. And then nice. your, um, what would be your fourth division is USL League Two, which used to be known as the Premier Development League. It's, it's a number of different teams that are more served for college players playing in the summers uh, for their off, in their off-season to kind of keep in shape. Um, so that's kind of how the American soccer system works. Last year, USL was Division Two. This year, we're still Division Two. San Antonio FC is still playing in the same league against the same teams, just rebranded as uh, the USL Championship. Understood. Okay. So then, just kind of in general, what kind of expectations do you and the club have for this season? Yeah, I think, you know, you go into every season trying to to set the bar really high and, and accomplish the goals that, that you set out to accomplish. And I know on the field, Darren, our head coach, and and our players are, are revving to get started and, and have goals of making the playoffs and having a really successful year on the field. And then us off the field, we just want to keep continuing to grow soccer in San Antonio and grow the San Antonio FC brand specifically and, and continue to convince people to come out and watch uh, watch games on Saturday night. And I think if we have big crowds like we normally do, we always have a really good home field advantage. And and the team has been successful so far. And I think that in terms of our personal goals, we really just want to continue to grow uh, what we've established here over the last three years. And uh, hopefully, you know, we can make a deep playoff run and have a lot of big crowds and and convince a lot of people to to become San Antonio FC fans. And at the end of the year, if that happens, it'll definitely have been a very successful year. 
almost like I mean, we had a great season last season. I mean, we were like so so close. Um, so right on. So then let me ask one more question, <clears throat> just kind of as far as expectations go. What kind of expectations do you have of the fans? And, you know, how do you think that they'll react to this new branding? Do you think it'll be kind of new for them, exciting for them, although it might be kind of generally the same level of competition? So so what do you expect from, from the SAFC fan base? Yeah, you know, the SAFC fan base has set such a high bar that I think we expect the best out of them. But to be honest, they've time and time again, they've, they've fulfilled that. We have, in my opinion, one of the best fans in the USO, the packed Toyota Field every Saturday, and then it gives our team such a boost. Um, and, and even saying that, when we go on the road, uh, we we find that fans travel and, and come to our games on the road. So they've been spectacular in terms of supporting our team and helping us grow our brand and, and sharing the San Antonio FC name all around you know San Antonio and the surrounding region. So my expectations of the fans are the exact same, and I know that they'll be fulfilled because I know that we have some of the most passionate fans in U.S. soccer. Um, so super excited for, for that to continue and, and for that. I, I don't think that... I don't think that too much will, will change in terms of the new brand and everything on the field. I think fans that come out to the game and, and come out and follow our team will, will recognize that it's it's pretty similar to the last three seasons and that not a lot has changed, especially in terms of competition. Right, right, right. So there, we went to a game last year, and uh, that was fun. The, it was, it was. There was a group of uh, there was a group of fans, uh, like two sections over. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They were in. They were in the corner of the one of the end zones, or when it. Sorry. One of the end zones. But they were in the corner. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> they were in the corner. I. I think they're called the Mission City something. Mission City Firm. I think. Mission City Firm. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mission City Firm. Mission City One Eighteen. They have a. They have a couple of things that they go by. They're. Uh, so they're one of our main supporters groups. They're. They're great, and I think anyone that follows soccer culture in the United States understands what a supporters group is and, and, and how much it, how much of an effect it can have on their team. So we, we're very fortunate because we have Mission City, we have another group called the Crocketeers, and then another group called uh, 210 Alliance. So uh, a lot of really, really passionate fans that, that kind of grow this organic atmosphere on game days in the stadium, which means that we as an organization will always do everything we can to entertain the fans, but they create such a great atmosphere in terms of soccer organically on their own that it almost does the, the trick for us. So, yeah, we're very fortunate. And the, the Mission City guys especially are uh, are electric and, and they're... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Dude, electric know, is the, putting the, it lightly. The smoke and the flags and the chanting, it's, it's super fun to, to kind of watch and be out there for sure. Oh, yeah. I remember, I think I'm actually still a member of the Crocketeers. I still get their email because when I was living in San Antonio the first time, when it was the Scorpions still, I joined the Crocketeers just because of how much I love soccer in general. I still get their emails every once in a while. Do you want to come to the Lion and the Rose? (laughs) uh, I think I work today. Yeah, they're still kicking, man. It's a a good group of of a bunch of really passionate soccer fans in San Antonio that it did a lot for for soccer in the city before we even had a pro team. So, so yeah, I'm not not surprised you're still getting emails, man. They're 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 a good bunch. Oh yeah, I'll have to start start going more of their uh, more of their events. I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so then, Preston, tell us a little bit about what do you think? Well, here, let me actually rephrase this a little bit. What can you tell us about the soccer culture in San Antonio, and then how that plays in a factor in your club? Uh, I think the soccer culture is really strong. I think it, it's even one of the better ones in Texas. You know. I, like as I mentioned before, I grew up here, so I've seen it kind of transpire from when I was a kid in the early '90s to to what it's become now, and it's night and day. And we we have a ton of youth playing soccer. We have some absolutely incredibly talented kids playing in our academy, along with clubs, uh, local clubs all around San Antonio. 
Um, and then you, you see kind of our diehard fans and then even your casual fans that come to our matches and that, and that go to national team matches when they're here in town and then are watching Premier League matches or watching Liga MX matches on TV every morning. And I think that each year that goes by, we see that soccer culture in San Antonio continue to grow. And in terms of our club, that just helps us do what we, you know, accomplish what we're setting out to, to achieve. And I think that as the soccer culture grows and as we grow as a club and as we hopefully continue to perform at a high level, both on and off the field, that those things will just intertwine together uh, in harmony and, and continue to, to do the city proud. Awesome, man. Um, so real quick, do you, I mean, with the kind of uh, switching gears, here. yeah, switch with the yeah, yeah switching gears a little bit. So, with the state of the USL, do you have an opinion on the state of the USL with the with the addition of teams like Austin uh, Austin Bold FC? Um, it seems like it's a it's a growing and prosperous league. Yeah, definitely. The USL is great, and you know, it's been this, the kind of the, the 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 area of the second division in US soccer has kind of fluctuated over the last ten to fifteen years, and. I think we're finally reaching a point where it's it's extremely stable, and not only that, but it's 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 great soccer. So you look all around the world at the championship in England or the the second Bundesliga in Germany or the second division in Spain. We get a lot of really good teams, players, and competitions, and, and we're finally getting to the point where the second division in the United States can can compete with the level of MLS and in terms of just having really talented players. So. Uh, the USL is continuing to grow, and every time a new market pops up, it's really exciting, and it's a good ownership group and a good fan base and a team that seems to always have motivation and aspiration to be one of the best. And Austin coming in is, is, a, is a really cool thing for us in San Antonio because it obviously gives you that natural arrival. We've we've kind of produced a rivalry with, with the RGV Toros, which are down in the Valley, and mm-hmm. uh, so Austin and then even El Paso are coming into the league this year for the first time. Uh, so as the league continues to grow, you get the opportunities to, to create new rivalries and create new storylines, but uh, it's just exciting to see the USL continue to expand uh, carefully like they're doing, but also well to, to see you know it stabilize and, and produce a really, really good product on the field. Absolutely. And you actually kind of led me into my next question a little bit, uh, talking about how, you know, these level two clubs are able to kind of be on par with, um, you know, the, the the major clubs. So, you know, we have the USL championship versus the MLS club, if we're looking at it kind of like a tier system. So not even so much do you think that SFC could, could do something like that? My question is, is do you think San Antonio could sustain an MLS club? Yeah, I do. You know, it's, it's a really complicated thing just because the MLS expansion process is very complicated. And obviously San Antonio was uh, an expansion candidate, is an expansion candidate, and, and a team for MLS was also just announced in Austin, which could complicate things for San Antonio's chances potentially. But I think that in terms of is San Antonio FC uh, capable of, of having an MLS team, and I think there's no question. I think that now since the Scorpions were originally here in 2012, that this city year after year consistently uh, demonstrates itself as being a really, really, really good soccer town that is passionate, that supports the game, and that grows the game and follows the game, not only locally but worldwide. So, and then the fact that, you know, with the Spurs being the only major professional sport in town, uh, I think San Antonio would, all, would be a great fit for a major league soccer team. We'll see if that day comes one day, but. If the, if the, yeah, if the question is, can we sustain it and can we succeed? I think that it's a no-brainer for sure. Awesome, man. Well said. Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, with the longevity of this club, with the attendance of this club, like I don't see any reason why San Antonio gets. And that's kind of the same reason why we got a uh, 
a, a professional football team in, in the San Antonio Commanders is that we were able to show that, you know, when the, the Saints came here mm-hmm. a while back, we were able to show that we could support that. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree. We've shown that we can support a club, a hometown club. So, yeah, I really hope that we can get there one of these days. Yeah, for sure. San Antonio is a great sports town. And um, as the city grows and, and continues to expand and pop up with all these great areas and things to do and all these new jobs that are happening in San Antonio that eventually you think the sports scene is going to grow too. So I think when it does and when that time comes, that San Antonio will definitely be ready. I think Absolutely. we'll get there too. Absolutely. Uh, so Preston, uh, last thing, man, I'll give you, I'll give you an opportunity to kind of promote the club here. So, um, sure. in the United States in general, man, it's no secret that football, baseball, and basketball kind of rule, uh, rule the land pretty much in the whole country. Uh, to the people that often say soccer is uh, boring, citing citing a lack of scoring and whatever the case may be, uh, what would you say to those? What would you say to those people with that mindset? And how would you try to get them to? Um, you know, try to explore soccer more. Yeah, I'll preface this by saying that I'm extremely biased in my answer. <laughs> um, but, uh, look, I think that, you know, I- I'm also a big baseball fan, and I've heard that since I was a kid, that baseball is boring. But uh, my biggest thing to tell someone, at least locally in San Antonio, is just come try it. Come out to a San Antonio FC game. We have dollar beer nights. If that's more your thing than soccer, if you want to come a have a drink and, and hang out and socialize with your friends, if that's what the pool is rather than, than the soccer on the field, that's great. But I promise you when you leave after experiencing 90 minutes of that atmosphere, watching that team play and enjoying a drink or a bag of popcorn or something, that you're going to want to come back. And that's, that's kind of what we preach is that you know we, we have such a great loyal support supporter base and we have a good season ticket member base. But the goal is to continue to get people to just try it once because we know they'll leave happy. And, and in terms of just convincing people to watch soccer, I think – that the argument is made every day worldwide that this is obviously one of the one of if not the biggest sports in the world. It's watched the most oh, yeah. in the world. The World Cup gets an incredible viewership. It I think it's in the, the billions. Pride. It's a lifestyle for so many people. But once you actually just get to know the game a little bit, you don't even have to be an expert, but you just watch it and you realize that while goals are the culmination of everything that you're doing on a field and attempting to do, that there's so many more exciting parts about how the game works and how the game flows over the 90 minutes that it's played. So. Again, my big pitch to somebody would just be, or you can call it begging even, would just be, just come try it. Come try it out, and I promise, especially here in San Antonio with what we're doing with SAFC, I promise when you leave, it's not going to be your last time to the door. Oh, yeah, and even just to jump on that, so there were two big things that I took away when we went to go see SAFC uh, last season towards the end there. The first one, of course, was the Mission City Firm. I mean... It was 90 straight minutes, well, with a halftime break, but 90 minutes of constant shouting, shouting, chanting. Shouting. Apparently, chanting <laughs> is those two things Shouting's together. Thing but I mean, they were yeah, works, drums, chanting. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it, and they, yeah. they were energized. From the moment that the game started till the very moment that the game ended. Dude, they did not stop. There was no break. And that was almost half as fun as actually watching the guy. I think we actually ended up winning that game 3-1. to one. Yeah, we did. So not only did we do well, and I think one of the goals that was scored in that game was one of the like top five goals of the season, I think. Was it? I was in the running yeah. for it. Um, but then the second thing is, is I could see... And a lot of the fans who were there, just how much they loved the game. And one of my favorite parts was down in front of us, there were a couple of season ticket members. And it looked like it was a, a father and a child. The kid couldn't have been more than seven. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He was seven, eight. Yeah. He was a kid. And then, of course, dad, parent, he's 40s, 50s, 60s. But just to see the generation, like both of them loving the same sport, going and enjoying the game together, like that was that was a really special moment it's for a, me. Yeah, it was a nice moment. Like that was really cool to yeah. see them. 
no, absolutely. I think that that's what's so cool about it is that, again, there's so many people that go for the soccer, right? But we're trying to market to, to so many different people also that maybe maybe are just testing soccer out for the first time. And like you said, the Mission City is a perfect example of how to create that atmosphere. And you can go to that game and, and enjoy that atmosphere, even if you're not willing to necessarily participate in the jumping and the shouting and all that stuff for 90 minutes. It still creates such a cool organic atmosphere within the stadium. But like you said, you have guys that do that for 90 minutes. You have the single mother who comes with her two kids. You have the family that comes, family of eight that come. You have the guy who just comes on his own to get dollar beers and watch them soccer. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we're Alex, trying to cater to so Alex. many different people because at the end, what the sports industry does, in my opinion, and what soccer does, in my opinion, is bring people together. And I think that we're trying to give everyone their opportunity to come support their local club and then feel a sense of pride that this is San Antonio's team. But... But yeah, like you said, you guys were obviously at a game last year. You were affected in some way by it. I think that the more people that we can get out there to to experience those first times, the more fans that we're going to keep bringing back. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you, trust me, I'm already sold. I mean, I'm wearing the t-shirt <laughs> right now. I got a SAFC t-shirt on right now. Like, and Toyota Field is a, is a really you nice. Guys come out this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely you, you will yeah. find me. <laughs> and Toyota Field, man, Toyota Field is a very, very nice facility, complex, and all that. It's, it's, it it's, really is. It's, yeah, parking it, is good too. Which, it's, yeah, it wasn't bad at all. No, because I used to go watch games when I was living in Colorado. I'd go watch the the Rapids up there, and the parking was atrocious. Oh, it was terrible. I would wait like in yeah. two hours just to leave the parking lot. Like it was, but the parking in Toyota Field is, is really, really nice. Yeah, it I is. like the area too, just kind of in general. Yeah, it's nice. It's over. It's overall a, a very good atmosphere. So. Oh yeah. So, any pressing yeah, we're that, very fortunate for sure. So, right on. Yeah. So that kind of wraps up all of our questions. Uh, we wanted to know if there's anybody you want to give a special shout out to, anybody that you wanted to plug, uh, the team uh, members, anything like that. Anything you want to shout out to the fans? Yeah, I'll be super selfish and tell everyone that you can follow San Antonio FC on, on all social media channels, uh, which is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and it's all at San Antonio FC. I think Facebook is at SAFC USL. I myself am also, am also on Twitter at, at Preston Petrie. Uh, it's P-E-T-R-I. And uh, I'll give another shout-out to uh, my wiener dog, Gus, who's sitting next to me this whole time and being <laughs> a really good boy during the interview. <laughs> That's awesome. <Right. laughs> Well, thank you, Gus. We appreciate your cooperation in the interview as well. <laughs> thank you, Gus. Yeah, he's, he's saying you're welcome with his eyes at least. <laughs> right on. All right, bud. Well, that's it for us. And, uh, again, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, we can't wait to, to, to let everybody hear this interview. Um, but, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll have to see you at the field sometime. Yeah, absolutely. You guys let me know when you, when you want to come out. We'll take care of you. And, again, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show, and, and it was a pleasure. Absolutely, hey, Preston, it's, it's, our, it's our pleasure, man. Thank you so much again for giving us your time. Right. We appreciate it. No worries. Take care. Hey, thanks again to Preston for his time. Really good job setting that interview up, man. Yeah, I was excited about it. I'm glad we, uh, we totally got to pull through. Tell. I know, right? I'm glad we got to, to pull that one out. A lot of really good information, too. Oh, yeah. I found it really interesting how they talked about how he talked about the, the, the connection between the club and, like, the national team and yeah. just kind of all this. It was, yeah, no, I was excited. That was really good. We got to go to a game. We got it. Oh yeah, absolutely. We got to go to missions games, SAFC games, Commanders games. We need to all go to a Commanders game here. Coming yeah, up. we do. Yeah. We do. We do. We'll get Nick out there too. Uh, tickets are supposed to be pretty cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, tickets yeah. are starting at like twenty bucks. Sweet. I'll see if Kevin wants to go out too. Yeah. 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 Awesome. We'll see if he can get out there. We're down. But yeah, man, he just wants to see some football. When, winning, uh, winning yeah. football. When yeah. does soccer start? Soccer starts uh, next this month. Next month, they they're kind of do right now. They're doing all of their uh, uh, like promo. Yeah, well, yes, also yes, but they're also doing like uh, scrimmages, camps, camps oh, okay. all that kind of thing. You know, yeah. they're 
you know, they scrimmage like uh, Dallas FC. SAFC beat Dallas FC, I think, on an aggregate of like 5 1. No oh, wow. way. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, granted, it's, you know, Dallas' C team. Uh-huh. You know, it's not A or B. This is like their babies. That was know. their minors? There's their super minors. That's <laughs> like their A, not even their double A AA or triple A. No. Wow. Um, but I mean, they still looked good doing it. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. the SAFC played some of their, their regular starters. Um, but they looked really good doing. It. I think the first game was three to one. They had a couple of good crosses, a couple of good headers. Uh, some young guys made some good moves. They looked organized. They looked neat on the field. Um, so it was fun to watch that. And then my other favorite team, the Rapids, went out and beat Ventura County, uh, like five to zip. But you know that's yeah. they're against, playing against nothing. They're supposed to play against San Diego College, but they ended up canceling that game for whatever reason. I mean, they're still going to be trash. The Rapids are trash. I love the Rapids, but they're not. They're not yeah. good. Hey, side note. I wanted to ask Preston this, but I didn't think he'd have an answer. Brother, you've been to Toyota Field. Yeah. Do you think it'd be a good venue for like a, a music show, like a concert? Um. Oh like, man, that's a that's a good question because like the Bud Light City Rock Fest, dude. Like I think that's too small. Yeah, that's too small. You don't think so? Yeah. Yeah. They the way they the way Rock Fest does it is uh, is a pretty good idea. You know, they have a big stage and everybody piles into a parking lot. It's more yeah. than one stage, though, right? Uh, it can be, yeah. It can be more than one stage. But see, the problem, it, it can be, man, I don't know, because I see it as a perfect setting. You just you set could, a stage on either side. Well, not on yeah, side. Yeah, you can set a stage on one side, and then you can have everybody pile into the field, and then you can also have seating. Away, the stands, you can right. have seating in the stands, but the problem is the stands don't go really high up. Right. Yeah, you know? That's true. You'll have a bunch of people on the field, and then you have people in the stands. I mean, it wouldn't be a, a totally bad idea, but I don't see people going there to see, like, Metallica. Oh, no. You know, no really I'm not big. talking. Yeah, but I'm you just saying, do, like. God, there's an artist in between there that's like. Famous, but not super humongous famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Maybe I, I, I was thinking some of the bands that, you know, uh, we get for Bud Light City. You know, some of those guys. For River City Rock Fest? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not yeah, saying like hold River City Rock Fest there. I'm just saying, like, I just see it yeah. as, a good mu- as a possible good music venue. I think most sporting arenas, any kind of field, any kind of pitch, probably a, a pretty decent spot Like, that's what I thought concert. about when we were there. Like, the seats we had... Like, if you set up a... We were right there, dude. If you set up a stage right there, it'd be great seats for a music show. Right. For a concert. That's true. Yeah, I can see it. I guess the only thing they would be concerned about is getting the field all torn up. Like, they'd have oh, to, God, yeah. they'd have to, yeah. they'd have to yeah. cover it somehow. Yeah. yeah. And mean, that's just going to make it worse for everybody else who's out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because what are you going to put down over it? Yeah, that's not going to mess up right. the, yeah, the yeah. grass. The field or get too slick. You know what I'm saying? Because you put tarps out, somebody spills a beer. That's it. It's all a of a sudden, slide. it's a slip and slide. Exactly. Yeah. You'd have to put, like, rubber down. And then, those are all. Pro- then the grass gets murdered. Still, yeah, yeah. So exactly. I don't know, dude. I don't know that they they probably do it for a reason. Yeah, that, you know. Yeah, because the groundskeeping is expensive. Oh, oh dude, God, dude, it's extraordinary. I guess in hindsight, they should have just laid down concrete and put turf. But that happened with uh, uh, an NFL game. I don't know who it was. Peyton, the Chiefs and Rams. They were supposed to play in Mexico City, and Shakira um, had a concert at the field that they were playing and messed up the grass. Oh yeah, yeah. that field was torn yeah. up. But they apparently had been bad too. Like right. it wasn't very good before to that, begin, and then with. they destroyed it even worse than mm-hmm. it was. I wonder if they ever considered doing that. If they ever considered making adjustments to host music concerts, they'd have to rip up the grass and lay concrete and lay turf. Yeah, but do soccer? I mean, do they play tur- soccer on turf? 
Or is that like a strict? Some places do. Like a no-no. Like in colleges, I know that they do. Like I've played on turf in high school, Mm -hmm. um, but I think they prefer grass. Grass, if anything. Um, I think it's just one of those things where the way the ball rolls, the 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 way the the field is when it rains, like those kind of things that are kind of, you know, specific to each location. I think it's just kind of more of a general understanding that you just put grass out there. Anyways, but, I don't, but I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't know. It's probably a cheaper cost up front. Too. Okay, well, at the Alamo Dome, mm-hmm. do they have a grass or turf out there? It's turf. Turf. Okay, I think the U.S. Men's National Team has played out there a few times. Oh yeah. So I think it's maybe they do both. They do both. Yeah, it just depends on what stadium you're in, yeah. what the preference of the stadium is. Yeah. Because yeah. I imagine if you have like an outdoor team, like in like I don't know, Seattle, D.C. Somewhere where it rains and snows a lot, yeah. That you might have a turf field because it will save during those seasons. Yeah. So I don't. It's know. probably just a cost thing too. I'd imagine it's it's cheaper to lay down grass. Yeah. But it's you know it's a long term. Yeah, you get to maintain it. You have I don't to maintain think... it as we're laying down astroturf is a huge cost up front. Right. Yeah. As we're you know long term it'll right. it'll it'll pay itself off, but it's just that initial upfront cost. You right. Know? Right. Because right. you know Gordon Hardman built that build that thing, so I think I'm they... sure he was. I think they primarily built it as that, as just a soccer field, because mm-hmm. I don't think they've ever used it for me- anything for, else, for, for anything for else, for a venue at no. all. Right? It's been open how many years? A while, at least five. Feels like five. A lot longer than that, I think. It's been longer than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But anyways, that's just me. That's just anything I- else. Anything else we got? What else? What y'all got going on over the pit? Uh, into the pitcast. We didn't record this week because we had some stuff going on. Uh, honestly, I don't know. Mikey hasn't sent out the new. Uh, the new outline, we kind of just go week to week. I still have to listen to the interview with Nahaya. Local band from San Antonio, right? Yeah, local band from San Antonio. Yeah. Nice. If you, hey, need if, a, if you need a podcast recorded, hit me up at Hanging Oak Studio. I'm on mm-hmm. Instagram, at Rocco Street on Instagram. Uh, I got affordable rates. and uh, He will charge you for very, very cheap. And yeah, yeah. come record. He's a cheap trick. Cheap trick. <laughs> if you like metal music, go check him out. Into the Pitcast. And Into the Pitcast. Y'all can be found on iTunes and Spotify as correct, well, Correct, right? correct. Yeah. And on Anchor, but nobody listens to that. I don't even know why we're on Dude, there. Dude, Spotify bought out Anchor. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. That's Just something. iTunes yeah. and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Right. Anything else? No. Thank you, brother. No Th- problem. Thank you, Hanging yeah. Out Studio. Yay, sports! Yay, sports! Sports. Thank you, baseballism. That's all I got. That's it, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you, dude. Thank you, guys. Thanks for waking up. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Getting up, I appreciate that. Do what I can, man. You know, so taking for. time out of your busy day. Tune in next yeah. week. Alex is going to do the whole show in a speedo. <laughs> we'll take pictures to prove. No okay, reason. challenge accepted. Though. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. Peace. Letters. Later. Baseballism is a lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime, specializing in premium apparel and glove and leather accessories for men, women, and children. Visit baseballism.com and use coupon code AA Sports for a 15% discount on your next order. Not ready to order today? Follow Baseballism on Instagram to stay connected. Baseballism is America's brand. 